Wrestling Escape. It's the My Michelle Live podcast. My, my, my Michelle Live. Hey, it is Entertainment Review, and he's back. Where the heck has he been? I don't know, but we wrangled Where him. Where have I been? He's here. Glad to have you with us as we talk about entertainment news, things that are yeah. out that you just got to see, and some you may want to go, ooh, okay, maybe not this time, but joining me, he's not an interview. We've just been doing this so long that he's just the co-host, and which is really nice <laughs> because he could just go on and I'll go get a cup of coffee. Cheers. I'm pretty uh, cool. Plugging you into the movies, this is Adam Holm. Actually, I don't know where my barista is, but it's empty. Whoa. So I don't know how this interview is going to How's it going to go today? That's a hard fail right there. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to have you. We're going to talk a little entertainment news and then get into some movie reviews. What's going on in the news? Big voice guy. Entertainment news. Thank you, big voice guy. Now it's official. So we have got some things going on in the realm of faith and entertainment and that's some of the stuff that i'm going to take on first of all mr mark Wahlberg, dude is just really out there and he's got an app that's been popping up on social media so i've snuck a look at it now this is him on uh an ash interview wednesday. yeah it was today's show and he's got the ashes because it's ash Wednesday. it was ash wednesday and he was promoting this app it's a Catholic app. I'm not sure when his big okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna walk the line thing happened. That maybe before or after Father Stew the movie. But this app is awesome. I don't care if you're Catholic or oh. not. It's just really cool talking about prayer, fasting, living a life of faith. And I really think though it is Catholic. And if you're Protestant, you maybe you don't get it. What's the Ash Wednesday thing? What's going on with that? Whatever. Still during Lent, this is a really exciting app and we're seeing more outspoken faith in Hollywood yeah no that's exactly right and I I love the trajectory Mark Wahlberg is on he's actually on my list of people that I really would like to interview I think our somewhere between an observation and a complaint from a plugged in perspective is that most of his movies are recently, I'll qualify it, have had a lot of profanity in it. I'm like, okay, is it because you grew up in, on the East Coast and you just have this sort of hangover where you like to use bad words? But to his credit, they took Father Stew, which have, the original have 200 F words in it. And there's a lot of language. And they trimmed it out. And, and somebody must have gotten his attention or he had a moment of conviction himself where it's like, this is a great story, and all of that vulgarity actually keeps people from being able to connect with it. Yes, I, I love, but let me yes, just but, let me just be devil's advocate here. Wow, that puts a new spin on it when you're talking like this. Honestly, I appreciate getting a lot of the language cleaned out. Yeah, and some of these films. It's accurate. It portrays sure. the life of the people that that are. Yeah are in the film and the me the message of redemption maybe it's all the more pointed when you see just how depraved and how lonely and yeah. how sad and how vapid the language can be no i agree with that there's a, there's enormous complexity here and i would say for me personally we all have different pain points when it comes to content which is why what we do at plugged in is mostly try to say, here's what you'll have to deal with 
if you engage with this, you have to decide for yourself and for your family, do I want to deal with that? But I will also say there are a lot of people that I think in the case of Father Stu that would have connected with this rough and tumble guy's gritty story, but for whom 200 F-bombs is somewhere over the line, right? <laughs> like there are a lot of people out there. It, it probably speaks to how desensitized maybe I am personally that it wouldn't bother me that much personally, but I know there are a lot of people for whom that would be, if not a stumbling block, certainly a kind of content that's, could we have told this story a little bit more sanitized? And so even as we talk about Christian movies, there's this weird paradox of sometimes we're critical of Christian movies for being too sanitized. And yeah, the real world is not that cleaned up. And here we get one that's, okay, here's the gritty version that doesn't pull the punches, but it may be so gritty that you don't want to show it to your kids, even though there might be a great message there. And so I think it, as, a, as somebody who creates content myself, you're always asking the question, how do I tell the story truthfully and authentically, but also tell it in a way that we're not putting content in there that's going to trip somebody up? And okay. for somebody like Mark Wahlberg, who has a pretty checkered past, He's coming from a different place, but I love where he's at right now. I love, you know, how he is a very vocal advocate for the importance of faith in his life. Yeah. And maybe he's not marketing to you and I and our kids. So what's the audience? (laughs) But then there's also the idea, and this leads into another interesting story of uh, programs that you can download that will clean up your movies before you watch them at home with all of the streaming that's available there are some outlets where you can clean things up and that's great except for some of the folks who make the movies and a lot of the the, there's a lot of people who say this is messing with my the integrity of my art and you shouldn't do that and so there's been lawsuits how have those weighed out it's been both and i actually have a both and perspective on on one hand, it's like, how many times have you seen a movie with, if it wasn't for this one scene or mm-hmm. this one burst of language, this would be a great movie for my family to watch. And there are services like Pure Flix, I think is the one right now that you can enter in the content that you want filtered out and you get a cleaned up version. As a parent and <clears throat> as somebody who understands that some of that content is difficult, I get the impulse. But again, as somebody who writes, as somebody who creates stuff myself, there is a part of me as a creator that says what you just said, who are you to lay hands on my stuff and do what you will with it? Like, it's a pretty short list of people that I let edit my writing because I have to have a certain amount of trust that you're going to do with my material things that stay true to my vision as a creator. Okay, um, I get so, that. But there's, like you said, there's balance. And I'll give you an example. Another balance. news story totally. is I don't often agree with her, but in this case I do, and that's Whoopi Goldberg. She's against, what there's been onslaught of taking children's classic books yep. and changing gender and changing words and changing things that kind of go along with kind of more of a woke mentality. 
And she says, wait a minute, you shouldn't do that. And she's very right because we don't learn. If there is slavery, if there's insensitivity, you can learn from that. However, I had a friend who didn't want her kids to have sugar. And and I was reading the book to the kids and the word donut came up. And girlfriend was like, no, we don't say donut. We say bagel. I'm like, okay, your kids, you do you. So they went to the bagel store and that's fine. So I have no problem problem with taking a book and saying okay this is a woke version you can buy it it's labeled this is the original version there is room for all of it and as a writer I'm with you I don't want people messing with my stuff but if somebody loves what I do and wants to make it their own within reason I appreciate that no, again, there's a lot of complexity there. And back to your original question, which I didn't answer, there have been lawsuits. And I believe, and I haven't looked at this recently, so this is from memory, that Pure Flix's arrangement allows them to use their, their filter on stuff, I think, on Netflix and Amazon, and maybe one of the two other big streaming services. I know Disney said no. So I think Disney stuff, that lawsuit, Disney did not give them permission to lay their hands on anything. Because Disney Uh, needs to indoctrinate our kids and my God, they're going to do it. (laughs) Oh boy. One of the other big news stories this week is the new Peter Pan and Wendy movie coming out. And there's already enormous criticism of that for, it's not the island of lost boys anymore. It's, we've got girls there. People are saying, wait a minute, the whole point of this was that these boys had never seen a girl before and were wokeifying the story so much that it's absurd. It doesn't even make sense anymore. It's sad. And we have to make, we've always done it, made movies according to where we are in our place in history. That's right. That's exactly right. It's If you go back and watch all kinds of Disney stuff, there are going to be things that are, they're the cultural creations of that moment. And for Disney to say, we have to go back and edit all of it, why can't you just say, it is what it is, nobody's forcing you to watch it. Nobody is putting a gun to your head and saying, even something like Dumbo, which I don't think is on their naughty, you watch it and you're like, wow, that's pretty interesting. And there are attitudes that are reflective of that cultural moment. And our cultural values are maybe different now. Can we read Huck Finn? Can we read Mark Twain at all? Can we read anything written before 1990? Because a lot of it is going to have attitudes that are anachronistic now or seem out of step. I think that we can teach our kids to think for themselves. Or we can say, (laughs) you know what? There's stuff in that that we're not going to deal with. What do you do with Catcher in the Rye? There's a tough story. But at the point at which people are saying we can't read To Kill a Mockingbird because it's racist. I'm like, what? Yeah, it's dealing with racism. (laughs) That's That's the the point. point. That's the point. Um, And that's how we learn. And that's how we don't make those same mistakes. And that's how when we read it, we can liken it to some of the reversed racism that we've allowed in our culture, where it's not okay for you. You are, I don't even know why I have you on my show, because there you are, a white male heterosexual and for crying out loud, you love Jesus. I'm the most hated. The ultimate pariah. But no, if we but don't learn there from- are voices that have been marginalized in the mainstream culture. And I understand good impulse to say we want to invite other perspectives to the table. But now I feel like it's, well, 
I don't need to say anymore. It's that pendulum swings the other way. We must think about. I love period pieces and newer period pieces includes a kind of diversity that wasn't included in that period. And what does that do to our psyche? We think, oh, this is the way the world was. No, it wasn't. You need to look at the Jane Austen-esque movies and and go, why is everybody, why is there black and Chinese and this (laughs) and that? And, And no one looks at each other as if they're different. That would be a beautiful world, but that's not that world that they lived in. We need to learn from that so we never ever return all right here's some more news stories i want to get to i'm going to talk a little bit about the plugged in movie awards the pluggies are a big deal and i'm going to keep pushing that you guys have some time have a great extravaganza i want to dress up i want to do a presentation that's one of my life goals i'd love to do that so we're doing that next week did you know that you're you mean we are like doing- live audience We are. We're doing a live, we're taking a step in that direction. So next Tuesday, March 7th at 10 a.m. Mountain Time. So that would be 9 a.m. if you're Pacific or I'm not going to do the math for all the different time zones. You know which time zone you're in. We are going to have a live stream of our team choosing the winner in four different categories. So our categories are best movies for kids, for teens, for adults, and best Christian movies. So we are doing it live. We are dressing up. And it's not quite a studio audience, but we have a gallery with our main studio where people will be able to watch us. So we are mostly inviting people who work here at Focus on the Family to come down. It's not a public invitation. It's moving in that direction. And I would love that because it's exciting. You guys put out great content. You are there for, for the public with everything pop culture and movies are great, but TV, music, games, books, YouTube channels, and the public has connected with it so much. I honestly really think that you all need to have a big extravaganza. You need to work your way up there. I want to get dressed up. I want to, yeah. When we're all going to be as and we're going to be watching, we can get. We're going to be watching so. on the seventh. So anything that you okay. want, I will say that there, as far as awards and such, the chosen. Before we get into the pluggies, the chosen has actually gotten a pretty good showing. They won the movie guide prize for most inspiring movie. And that's pretty cool because they've really done a bang up job. They've set a new standard for, for production and we're moving in an extraordinary direction. So yeah, that's, that is the movie guides awards. And I love seeing Christian faith-based awards, bringing a highlight to entertainment because it's gotten so good it's gotten awesome let's talk a little bit about some of the nominees for the plugged in movie reviews yeah let's start a web page that's actually open on my computer which they're not i'm gonna go from memory as i open these up here so let's start with best movies for kids okay so we pick five movies in each of those categories that I was talking about. And the best movies for kids, we have The Railway Kids, which is a British... You know what? I could give you thumbnail explanations of each one, but we're going to be here for an hour if I do that. How about if I just list them? Would that be better? And then you can come to the website and check them out. So our nominees for best movies for kids are The Railway Children, Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, 
Marcel the Shell with Shoes On, Disenchanted, and The Bad Guys. So we've got a nice mix of live action and animated stuff, and probably some of those movies you've seen and some of them you've heard of. Others maybe like Marcel the Shell with Shoes On, until this moment you had never heard of it before. So you can come to Plugged In and check out either the individual movie reviews or we have blog entries that have each of the five nominees and you can vote <clears throat> on our blog or on our Facebook or Instagram pages for your pick. And when we and choose our website? winner, as you can come to, actually we have, it's pluggedin.com, it's on the blog. And give me just a second and I actually have a better website that'll just be one thing that has everything. Let me come back to that. All right. So the best movies for teens are Till, which tells the Emmett Till story and is a remarkable movie. Honda Forever, Slumberland, which is a fun movie. Catherine called Birdie and Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. So those are the nominations for kids. And then when we move over to adults, we have the Batman, primarily because there's a very redemptive ending. We have Cyrano, Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris, okay. 13 Lives, and Top Gun. And then Best Christian Movies, we have Family Camp, Father Stu Reloaded. Is it Reloaded? No, that's not right. Father Stu Reborn, Reloaded to the Matrix. I Heard the Bells, Paul's Promise, and Strong Fathers, Strong Daughters. And give I like me just that movie. one more second. That was a good movie. It was a nice movie. Yeah. And if you want to look at links to all of these, you can go to pluggedin.com slash blog 2023-pluggedinmovieawards with dashes in between each one of those. Michelle, maybe I can send you that link and you yeah. can put it in the episode we will put it up for the for show. You. And that'll give you links to each of those blogs with each of the categories. So there you go. I we like would love it. for you to come vote. We would love for you, especially to join our live stream of the Plugged In show next Tuesday morning, March 7th at 10 a.m. Mountain Time. Sounds like a plan. I will be there. Look forward to it. I always do every year. Now, let's talk a bit about what we have this year and particularly this week to look forward to. Before we get well, to you, our favorite film, let's talk about what, what might be out this week and worth talking about. Let's talk about Creed 3. Creed 3 is the latest Creed movie, and the Creed series was a sequel to the Rocky Balboa sequel series, which was a sequel to all the Rocky movies. So we're in, we'll call it the Rocky Extended Universe here. Creed, of course, is Adonis Creed, played by Michael B. Jordan. And he's the son of Apollo Creed, who was Rocky's first big opponent in Rocky One and was an enemy and then becomes a friend. And he has, a friend of his gets out of prison, wants him to train him. They go from being friends to being enemies. And of course, even though Adonis Creed is trying to get out of boxing, you know, it's a boxing movie and they end up in the ring together trying to kill each other pretty much. So that would be Creed 3. Do you want to do the trailer for that one, Michelle? I don't have it handy, but I'm going to ask okay. you if it's really worth a see. Is there, is it just no, Rocky? No, I mean, is it just Rocky with a different dude? Yeah, pretty okay. much. All I right. Mean, the, so we know what the, to expect. Uh, we know what to expect. It's got a fair bit of profanity, which maybe more than the first couple, but some great redemptive elements that have to do with forgiveness and second chances. All right. So, and the other thing that is not out this weekend, but is out next Monday and Tuesday. So after you watch the plugged in show movie awards, 
on Tuesday, you can go see The Thorn. Have you heard about The Thorn? I have not only heard about The Thorn, I love The Thorn. The Thorn is Cirque du Soleil meets Passion yep. of the Christ. That's exactly right. It is. We where we had an interview last week. You can go to our website with John Bolin, who is the yep. creator. Great story, too. It was like just at a oh, youth yeah. group. And, hey, let's it's little play. Fantastic. Jesus rose from the dead from the grand piano there. <laughs> And he yeah. said it was it was awkward and weird, but we kept doing it. And then, go figure, now it's become this wonderful event and this incredible uh, opportunity to see something amazing. It's a Fathom event, correct? It is a Fathom event, Monday and Tuesday night next week. And I, let's I take could a look. I do have the better. trailer yeah, for let's this take a look. Okay. What was your crime? My crime? We're sharing the good news about my master. To tell you the truth of Jesus, we must travel back to the very beginning of time. You are seeing, if you're just listening, you're going to see, uh, seriously, Cirque du Soleil. This is amazing. What's the Messiah? You're seeing dancing, it's a hero. It's foretold of by our acting. elders long ago. Great dancing. Just incredible. The dancing, the movements. Like, I really like nothing you may have ever seen. I've seen blind children see. Yeah, and... Let me just say, beggars walk. One moment, it's a little uh, bit loud. I think you're on the same channel. Go right ahead. Um, there's a local connection for us. This came out of New Life Church here in Colorado Springs, and ah. almost everybody in town has seen it at some point. I saw it for the first time probably 20 years ago, and with each iteration and each year, it has just gotten more spectacular. And so I'm so excited for people to be able to get this experience of it. And I, to think that this has grown out of a local church is mind blowing. It's know, pretty what amazing. They have really accomplished. But I think it, it's the time. I think that it is we have entered a time where the story is being told. This is how we communicate it through entertainment yes. in our age. Visually. Visually. And having this kind of level of entertainment is just, it, it's just incredible. A story it's that incredible. is out there is running the bases that I wanted to talk about real quick. And uh -huh. This is just a few seconds of the actor who plays the main character in running the bases, which is a film that is much like a real story here in my neck of the woods with Coach Joe from Bremerton High School who went to the center of the football field and kneeled. This is a baseball movie, but the crazy thing about this, it, 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 he gets in trouble for praying, he loses his job. This sounds like it was based on the Coach Joe story. This was written mm -hmm. and produced before that ever happened. Really wild, yeah. right? How it is wild. reality mimics art in a way, but this is what he had to say. It's just a, hum a humbling thing to be a part of the movie Running the Bases. I remember vividly, we were at the premiere in Atlanta, and I squeezed Christina's hand as soon as the movie got done o being over because it hit me that in that weekend, over a thousand theaters, the gospel of Jesus Christ was going to be proclaimed. 
And that's really what it's all about, Adam, is that we're seeing the proclamation of the gospel, and it's huge. And I'm wondering, with that coupled with news stories of revivals going on campuses, the campuses, the very places that you see the see faith faltering, depression rising, and yet we're seeing revival on campuses. Are we in the midst of a Jesus revolution? Oh, I see what you did there. Do you like uh, that? I think I do. I think answering that question is probably above my pay grade. I think sometimes we can focus on all the negative stuff and we don't see how the spirit is moving. And obviously with what's been going on in Asbury, Kentucky, there has been a movement of God's spirit that has been significant. And I think I read one article that said it's only in retrospect that we can really, was this an awakening? Was it a true revival? But certainly we are seeing right now the movement of God among young people in a powerful way that's leading to repentance, that's leading to prayer, that's leading to confession. And that feels like the hallmarks of revival to me. And I will look forward to seeing how the ripple effects of that spread outward. And Jesus Revolution, which you just talked about, obviously, is another movie that's in theaters right now. So we can talk about that next. That sounds good. Let's look at the trailer. There is an entire generation searching for God. What you're seeing is not something to explain. It's something to be experienced. This is a house of worship. They're making our congregation uncomfortable. Well, maybe they should be uncomfortable. They don't belong here. They want peace and love. Isn't that the same thing you want? This is your home, and I want you to tell all your friends about it. There it is, just a few seconds of it, but Jesus Revolution is one of the best films. Is It is on the top of the list of Christian films. It is just extraordinary for a number of reasons that we can get into, but I want to get your thoughts. I loved it, and it's you will very rarely hear me just flat out gush about something. I thought this movie was spectacular. And I thought it was spectacular because it is so well made. And John Irwin, who his brother Andy has been a co-director on a number of things. This time around, his their other partner, Brent McCorkle, was the co-director. And Andy, excuse me, was a producer. So they're behind things like I Can Only Imagine, American Underdog, October Baby, if you go back far enough, Mom's Night Out. These guys are making mainstream movies. This isn't just a Christian movie for people who are already in the fold, but they're telling these true stories. Woodlawn was another one. And I think they have done a terrific job of going back to this cultural moment where God broke in and did something remarkable, which is to really awaken a number of people in the counterculture who had grown weary of the culture's basically broken promises right. they find sex, out that lsd and, and, and free sex yeah it doesn't get the job and so we watch it as this pastor chuck smith whose church is dying and his daughter really challenges her name is jeanette challenges him to take a chance listen to what's going on and then a guy named lonnie frisbee who's played by jonathan rumi who of course plays jesus in the chosen his daughter picks this guy up hitchhiking one day and brings him home and it's a moment of of confrontation and transformation for Chuck Smith, as he, who's played by Kelsey Grammer, who really, he decides to take a chance and God does something remarkable. I love this movie. I really flat out love it. My only small plugged in caveat is they do give just a tiny bit of suggestion of 
people using LSD and what that would have been like, but I don't think it's in any way gratuitous or inappropriate. And but if you're thinking about having young kids watch <laughs> this movie, just know that's in there. True. But just like we were talking about earlier, how yeah. do you creatively deal with something real yeah. with without g- being gratuitous? So to touch on no, it, and to I think show they totally the depth, that's how you do it. This is how you do yeah. it. That they and totally let's it. just be real. I love the portrayal of Christians as these flawed yeah. and even the heroes having pride yeah. and issues because we're human, but yet God finds a way. God is well, glorious. And, and, I love it. Yeah, I love it. And the interesting thing is that Lonnie Frisbee goes on to, he's a tragic figure. If you dig into his history, he wrestled with homosexuality. He died of AIDS in 1993. And it has sparked, I think, a healthy conversation about okay, this guy struggled with these things. Does that invalidate where he followed God and where God really used him? And I think that's a really healthy conversation. Because with God, there isn't a cancel culture and there shouldn't be a cancel culture. There is a repentance culture. There is a, I'm going to hold your feet to the fire as your sister in Christ, but there isn't a cancel culture because it's not about the man. It's about God. And the movie doesn't get into that part of his history. But what I appreciate is we see how it does show him as a flawed person who has insecurities, who has an ego, who increasingly was erratic. And we watch as Chuck Smith has to figure out how do I love him and yet rein in some of the things that got excessive. I feel like we're totally in the weeds in the best possible way of Yeah, even though God was doing something incredible, like you said, he was using flawed people to accomplish those purposes, and yet his bigger purposes prevail. It's such a movie of hope, I think. It is a movie of hope. Forgiveness and redemption. And it's exciting because it's roots. It's our roots. So you and I and our generation, we we weren't part of the Jesus revolution directly. We weren't out there with our love beads telling people about Jesus. I don't even know where my love beads are right now. (laughs) But I'm the child of people who were touched by the Jesus revolution. I had much, I had my, my siblings were, over a decade older than me. And so I had siblings who were touched by this to a degree who shared the gospel with me. This is, it it was ongoing and maybe time why it is time for a new revolution to take place. Maybe it's time for us to have revolution in our own homes and our own lives because as dark as things are in this world, the light is ready to burst through. That's absolutely right. And I want to tie the conversation about the Asbury Revolution or Asbury Revival into this. I think I'm going to make some generalizations and you can respond to them. I think sometimes when we talk about revival, the reason that young people are involved is that there's an earnestness and there's a desire for energy (laughs) and energy that they're willing to take that chance. They're willing to go all in. Like when I was in college, I was involved with a very charismatic church that I'm not a part of anymore, but we would go out and do street preaching. We would go out and I, and now it's been a minute since I did street preaching, Michelle, (laughs) you know, that we get older, we get, 
oh, we can get tired. We have mortgages to pay. We have a lot going on and we can lose that, that freshness and the vitality. And what I think can happen with these moments is you get a movement among young people because they're able to respond because they don't have 40 years of baggage weighing them down. And that's not to say that those of us who are 40 or 50 plus can't respond to the spirit. I'm really not trying to be. No, Lee, you can see that play out in Jesus revolution because the, yeah. the beautiful thing about the body of Christ or the family of Christ or of believers is that you can have that energy. The Bible says it, yeah. it, it likens it to a body. You have the feet, you have the head, you know, oftentimes uh, the younger generation is the enthusiasm. They're the legs that get right. things going. But as you saw in Jesus revolution, it really needed the wisdom, yeah. the, the grounding of someone who's experienced. And those right. things work together like a body. They like do. That's don't a see great point. Else. That's absolutely a great point. Another thing I wanted to touch on, is how this is really working in real time around the world. The Jesus Film Project is an example. It's 2,000 yeah. languages, 200 different films that goes across the world, and it's been going on since the, what, the 1970s, late 70s, 1980s, all over the world. Film, the visual telling of the story of Jesus has gone all over over so this isn't just a hollywood thing this is this is yeah. how we're telling the world about the hope in christ because there is nothing like it and when you look at talking to you as you're watching listening or reading is you look at world views yeah. and faith and all of that all things are not equal when you break down yeah. the world view into how good can i be and how can i ascend to this there's only one faith, real faith that stands out that works in yeah. harmony with everything. And if you look through the world and the worldview of the biblical ideology, you see a beautiful truth that comes to play that says, no, you can't work your way into heaven. No, you, there's no way you can be good enough, but Jesus was good enough for you. And that liberty yeah. that comes in Christ and, and faith in him will absolutely and totally transform you and set you free. That doesn't mean it's perfect. Doesn't mean you might not have struggles, but you do have hope. Boom. There you go. Gospel hey, make you. My job here is let's done. Let's drop the mic and call it a day, right? Amen, <laughs> <laughs> hey, brother. So what do we have on the horizon? Speaking of dropping the mic here and calling it a day. I think the biggest thing next week is just being able to go see the thorn. And then coming up in the next couple of weeks. Oh, hey, there's a re-release of Casablanca, which probably will be better than... <laughs> just about anything else coming out over the next couple of weeks. Extraordinary um, film. Yeah. I mean, there's not a lot we've got in three weeks. We've got the new Shazam movie and I, we actually, the first one next week, champions comes out. That's probably the biggest movie in theaters. It's about a minor league baseball coach. And he is working with a group of people who have intellectual disabilities. I, like I think it. I'm enough. So that takes care of the next couple of weeks. I like it. And I'm going to give a recommendation this week for streaming. It is, it's not brand new, but I'll tell you, Bridgerton made a really big splash. And there's some elements of Bridgerton that are just tremendous, but it is 
seedy. It just is. It's like a steamy romance novel that you just go, okay, thank you. But if you like Bridgerton, but you want something that is a little more uplifting and endearing, Sandition is just glorious. It's a lot of fun. It's a fun story. It's fun to follow. And it's like Bridgerton without the smut. So there you go. There you go. That should be their tagline. Like Bridgerton without the, the smut. smut. But it is, a, it is as I had touched on, I, Jane Austen. And, where is and it you screening? and I both love Jane Austen stuff. So I do. It, it was her last unfinished novel. So you can see it. I believe it is on Prime Video, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. So that, Prime it, Video I it could is. be wrong on that, but you can always Google Sandition. it. That's right. Sandition. So delightful to have you, my friend. I'm, we got through everything we needed to. The gospel we was did. shared. Good fellowship was had by all. And the, of course, we got our show done. So boom, that's great. I'm going to go catch boom. lunch. Thank you, my friend. Uh, that's exactly what I'm going to do. <laughs> catch you next time. God bless you. Thank you for watching, listening. Thanks, Michelle. More entertainment at mymichellelive.com. Boom.